to start it off with all the interviews, during the interview, what would you like me to call you? Bushy works. All right, Bushy. You can call me John during the interview. And let's get okay. underway. I'm pretty excited about this one. Because one of the things I found when I was trying to look into you is there's not a whole lot about you out there. Uh, I can find your, your social profiles, right? Your YouTube, your Twitch, Patreon. I don't really know a lot about mm -hmm. you. So why don't we uh, start with what do you do right now? Are you a full-time streamer, a student, uh, career man? What, what do we got going on? Well, <clears throat> there's probably not a whole lot about, you know, me individually out there because when I, uh, when I was in my senior year of high school, I decided that college probably wasn't going to work out. My mom did make me go to, go to a semester, but in that one semester, I, I realized college just definitely was not what I wanted to be doing. And mm -hmm. I ended up going full-time streaming after that. So I haven't really done anything other than streaming in like my real life interesting that's a bold decision uh are you, do you want to elaborate on why school wasn't the right environment for you or just like water on the bridge kind of stuff uh i am very opinionated interesting. <laughs> about about the u.s college system so if you want to get into it i, I definitely can then let's do it oh. and this is the kind okay. of the way i view this interview is not like i'm here to grill you on gwent it's an interview about mm -hmm. who are you like behind the camera, who is the man known as Bushy? So, right. Tell me about your U.S. college education. I are the failings of it because ironically, I've talked about it on stream too. The problem with the education system. Uh, but tell me what issues you have with it. Uh, yeah, it's just a bit of a racket. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> like, you know, like, tell me more. Tell me more. The uh. It, it kind of it obviously demands time of you, yes. especially when you know you're you're young, which is ironically one of the most profitable times of your life. Even though the money you earn in that time isn't going to be you know very high, it's going to develop your skills to allow you to have a very good ending four years mm -hmm. of your career. So uh, it's it's asking that you commit all of this time instead of invest it into yourself to actually, you know, develop a career or something. And uh -huh. the idea is you get a degree that allows you to uh, to do that instead. Yes. Uh, but functionally, degrees just haven't really been doing that so much. And then on top of that, mm -hmm. uh, it also asks that you pay a fuck ton of money. And I didn't even pay that much. I, I got a pretty good merit scholarship. I was only paying like two grand a semester, which by U.S. standards is very, very, very low. Yes, that's uh, um, way lower than what I paid. Yeah, um, and mm -hmm. even I thought it was a complete racket, and I, I just said, okay, this is dumb. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't need mm -hmm. to spend a bunch of money to grow up. I can go start something and hope it works out. Yeah, I feel that a lot. So my experience is, I do have a degree. I got an international relations degree. Uh, now I got lucky. I had the rich grandparents ticket, so they spent <laughs> a ton of money. But that wasn't like something I earned. It was just like, oh, you know, I was born in the right place at the right time. Like, that's not really a John did a great, amazing development kind of thing and earned this. It was like, oh, I was, I was born kind of like an adopted pet. And, you know, I get that I graduated an international relations degree. And then I was realized after I graduated, hey, this degree doesn't really get me a job. Like, it'll allow me a foot in the door. But international degrees, if I'm not working in an embassy somewhere in the world, Everyone's interested, but it doesn't fit a career. 
which is awkward. And I, but at the same time, no one's going to hire me if I don't have something. But I think if I look at my career, I started, I went to a medical education startup to work in client relations. I then joined a gigantic financial company after that. And now I quit and tried to do my own thing. So none of that has had a direct relations to international relations. Like, it, no, there's no linkage and it costs a ton of money and spent four years doing that. So I, I sympathize yeah. with that. Uh, I feel like you still, and for a lot of people, you still need to get a college degree to enter the system, but it's also problematic in many and to be clear, I don't think anybody who goes to college is like inherently an idiot or, or, or something. I'm not some mm -hmm. like anti-college elitist or some shit like that. You know, if, mm -hmm. if you find value in going to your college, great. I'm happy for you. If you're getting uh, if you're getting a degree that's going to be valuable for your career, great. I'm happy for you. I just think by and large, that's not what happens most of the times. Yes, I think. For I guess for my for my understanding, it's still worth it to get a college degree to get your foot in the door, but it gets really interesting if you say, okay, I'm not going to go to an Ivy League school, I'm not going to go to the Harvards, the Yales, the top of the U.S. college system. Uh, so really, a college degree at that point just becomes a ticket. So that ticket is either into a particular career. So if I want to be a civil engineer, I do need a civil engineering degree. But if I just want to join an industry, I don't know what I want to do it might not be worth spending $30,000 a year or even more going to college when you could go to community college, a tech school, or just spend a year trying to find yourself before you commit such, amount, uh, such a large amount of time and money. Because the last thing you want to do is step out of college, you're $100,000 in debt, and you still don't know where you want to be applying to and what you want to do. You don't want to You go home and you're like, oh God, that was a lot of time, a lot of money, now what? Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, like just just hearing those numbers, hundred thousand in debt, recently mostly because I I obviously am self employed. You kind of have to be good at self finance if mm -hmm. you uh, yes. if you do want to be self employed. Hearing hundred grand in debt when you're twenty two years old is is absurd. Like uh -huh. you are, it's much more than a hundred grand. There's Correct. interest to account for in both directions. You know, uh -huh. hypothetically, if you invested that hundred grand you're getting interest on that through the stock market yep so there's a net difference of like 15 percent a year there uh -huh. just simply because you're in debt versus investing yeah and i love that you brought that up so i'm big on personal finance and when you mentioned your some of the earliest years in your career when you're young are some of those profitable 100 percent agree with what you said because it's not just, you might not be making a lot of money, but your time value you have for money to compound is, mm, it's so good. Uh, but if you're, yeah. if you're leaving college 100K in debt and you don't have a plan on how to just trash it, like if you get an engineering degree, live on rice and beans for three years, you know, purge your debt and you're going to have a, you know, you're going to have a really great career and plenty of money. But I look at all these people trying to buy hope, trying to move up in the ladder and say, wow, if you're just doing 100K in debt, I graduated with no debt because I got the rich grandparent ticket. Like this is very classist. Like this, I didn't do anything, but because I was related in a certain class, like that is going to keep me there. I have time to pump my money in the stock market and just benefit from all the surging. Well, if you're graduating right now, you're hundred K in debt. You're trying to just manage that and the stock market slows down or that you miss a good time. Like you're going to be so far behind. 
not get you know it's hard to get ahead in that case unless you have a, a strict plan you know i want to be an engineer i want to be a doctor i want to be a computer programmer something that pays well it's a it feel it feels very trapping it feels like a trap to an extent in certain ways if you approach it wrong yeah and like mm -hmm. listen i I don't think it's a coincidence that uh, <laughs> college and cults target the same exact demographic of people. <laughs> In terms of what define that, you mean young? I'm sure my chat's freaking well, out because they're always like, I call me a cult all the time, but what are you saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, cults just look for people that don't know what they're doing quite yet. Uh -huh. They're looking for their purpose. Yep. Uh, and I mean, that's like half of the marketing pitch of every college you go to take yeah. time to find yourself give us money while you're doing it it's so you funny know, it's dumb that's a complete waste that's no, a good point it's a good point and it's a lot of it shows that in those early years that people are in my opinion are so vulnerable and they don't know exactly what you're doing i didn't know what exactly what i was doing for pete's sake i still know well i have a rough image of what i want but one day at a time i gotta achieve the goal but it is yeah it's interesting that we're making we're asking youth to make these huge decisions with their lives that will affect everything and all of a sudden or alternatively you could say we're also asking them to not make decisions about it we're assuming you go to college and you have to pick your degree there that's a huge decision but there's also an assumption of go to college spend all that money which also is really interesting where we're giving them a big choice inside of a bigger choice and probably flip it you should really have a thoughtful approach to whether a do i want to go to college b is now the right time to go to college instead of saying oh you're gonna you're definitely gonna be the one that needs to go to college and get to college you don't know what you're doing uh yeah it's, mm, it's interesting you're right there's a little bit of cult likeness a little bit of weirdness around what we're teaching everybody when we're young uh um mm -hmm. i also have a, a a little bit of a technical question on your end does my voice sound kind of low bit ratey because so it kind of sounds that way for me but if it's not a problem on your so, end i don't really care the answer is i you i think you're fine viewers everyone here i think it's fine i, I don't see any complaints in chat i will say um discord suffers when during these interviews so like you move robotic to me you move perfect on the stream uh mm. and so audio is a little robotic on your end but Dream's liking it. People are liking it. I haven't figured out a better way to do it than these Discord calls. I'm going to one day figure out a smarter way to do it, but... Uh, it, it might have something to do with the Discord server. I don't know, maybe try moving it like US Central? I have no idea. It's been like this for most of them. If it's not too much of a problem for you, I'd say we just continue. Uh, All right. But if it is a problem for you, we can figure it out or try to. Uh, I mean, it's fine, like I said. Perfect. Cool. Well, that's good for everyone. I think you'll find in the playback, it'll be fine. But it's a good quick little mm. question. Still figuring out. I actually went as far. So one issue there is behind the scenes, technically speaking, is computers only really can handle one webcam at a time for one device. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's like if I use it for Streamlabs, Discord hates it, even though I have two webcams. But they're like, no, we refuse to do anything but the one. And it's like, yeah, because you, you are sharing your OBS screen with me, aren't you? Yeah, so ha, it's, it's, it's a crazy thing. I'm basically feeding the live image of Discord into here, and then I'm sp spinning this out as my video feed or webcam feed to you. Okay. But it does work. It definitely is not <laughs> what Discord was meant to do, but it does work. Yeah. <laughs>
Oh, thank you, Discord. Fair enough. Fair enough, indeed. Uh, so, yeah, I can see where you're coming from with uh, college education being kind of almost like not a scam, but definitely a little exploitative in mm -hmm. terms of what it's trying to do. And so you, do you have any more thoughts on that? Or I want to be able to turn to another topic. Uh, no, I, I think I expressed it well enough. Awesome. Because I'm curious how you ended up. So you go to, you put up the one extra semester, you pay your $2,000, a good chunk of change. And mm -hmm. you leave. And why did you pick streaming? Because if you, you mentioned finance, you mentioned knowing how to work money. It sounds like you know how to run or at least have enough knowledge to figure out if a business is working or not. So you could probably try anything. Why did you pick streaming out of all of them? Uh, well, it has an incredibly low barrier to entry. Yes. Compared to like pretty much every other business you can start up. Mm -hmm. And I like video games. <laughs> nice. I like it. I like it. You do have depth from I can tell you have a hard passion for video games. Play all kinds of stuff. So mm -hmm. how long have you been at the streaming world for full time? Uh, full time. I dropped out of college at the start of 2019. Okay. The 2019, so, so you've been at this two years now? You know? Yeah, like two and a half years. Wow. So you're, ah, it makes sense because you would ended the winter semester and left. Okay, so you've mm -hmm. been at this two and a half years and you've been doing really well too, from what I can tell. You got a group, you got a good core, you got a bunch of patrons. You liking, are you liking where you're at right now or satisfied where you're at? Uh, I'm I'm happy where I'm at, but I'm I'm not complacent, you know. Yeah. So you have you have ambitions to grow. Is you do you mm -hmm. have like a benchmark or like a a set goal you want to hit next, or like an end product you have in mind? Uh, I'm currently working on being able to get a, a mortgage for a house, which is in like a two three year kind of plan. Wow. And that's that's the main goal. You get a mortgage? Are you trying to? Are you gonna? You want me asking at your size, are you able to just, if you were to stay linear, would you be able to afford a mortgage? Or are you sitting there saying, okay, look, I need to grow X amount over the next two or three years, and then I'll have enough? Um, If I was to stay linear, like right now, I, mm -hmm. I could. It would, be, uh, it would be a smaller house than I probably want. Uh, mm -hmm. And because of the way that like mortgage laws, specifically tax laws about mortgages work in the U.S., uh, mm -hmm. it makes a whole lot of sense to buy a, a multi-family home, you know, a, yep. a, a duplex, triplex, uh, a four-unit kind of home, because then you mm -hmm. get the mortgage rates for your primary residence when you live in them, but you also get two, three, four, mm -hmm. or two or three rental properties to go along with it. You're talking my language, my friend. That I love that. That I spent a lot of time looking at real estate myself when I was trying to think of like, okay, how can I make some money? And house hacking is what I've preferred or heard that referred to. Live in one, mm -hmm. rent out the rest, cover your mortgage. 20 years later, you know, all your residents have bought you a house. And then you have just a nice, solid income stream. Oh, so good. Uh, that's something I exactly. would also really like to do in the future. Because uh, it's just, it's so smart. Like, if you're young, as you mentioned, it's a, it's a, there's a lot of time value you have and opportunity when you're young. If I have, you know, if I had a spouse, a couple kids, I might want a bigger home. But man... I'm young right now. I can enjoy. I can live on rice and beans. Get myself a duplex, uh, triplex, or a quadplex. Live in one. Rent the rest. I'll manage it. 
and then if you combine it exactly streaming too because you're always you know in your home it's your home your office They're, you know residents have a problem they can just message you walk over toilet's broken great you can go fix it like it exactly Oof. Oof. you got you got you got a finance mind my friend i respect it oh, thank you how did you, if you don't mind me asking, how did you get into finance then? Because I think if we talk about the U.S. college system or education system, personal finance is actually when I, why I left my finance job back in the day. My original goal is just to teach people personal finance because I was watching people getting robbed, not knowing what to do with their money, not knowing how it works, not knowing how debt works. And I just realized that, look, there's, this need is out there. People don't realize it. So I quit and tried to teach people finance. And I love seeing you who dropped out of college have a better financial mind than probably most of the country, like 99% of the country, especially at your age. You've got to be in your 20s. Uh, I am 21, yeah. Okay, so how did you, you knew, I think you knew more when you were 21 than I did about finance. I think I only, <laughs> so, so tell me, how did you learn all this? Um, to be honest, I think the, if, if you are going to college, you kind of have to fundamentally not have a very good financial understanding, at least in the U.S. Again, mm -hmm. I'm talking about the U.S. Don't get mad at me, EU frogs. <laughs> <laughs> I understand it's free over there and you already kind of pay for oh it. With gosh, it, it kills me when they type in chat. They're like, oh my gosh, college was so expensive. I spent 100 euros, 100 euros on housing. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, and then they're like, healthcare. Ugh. Healthcare, no, actually, they don't, they, none of them complain about their healthcare. They just brag about it. Anyways, carry on, carry on. Sorry. Uh, uh, anyway, let, um, like I said earlier, mm -hmm. I, I thought college was a bit of a racket. And so uh, when I was going to college, I, I didn't know much about personal finance. And then I, I, uh, I, I dropped out. I had mm -hmm. a deal with my mom, and she was like, okay, you're paying me rent. If you're dropping out of college, I'm not, I'm not doing this shit for you. I'm like, okay, I'll do it, ma. Mm -hmm. And I was not making a whole lot of money when I first, when I first dropped out. So yeah. I had to figure out how to uh, really optimize the money that I was making, mm -hmm. uh, which just led to watching like a whole bunch of Graham Stephan videos and okay. learning that way. Nice. Respect that. So you self-educate yourself with uh, Graham St uh, Stephan, popular. I hope I said that right. Popular finance YouTuber, and then mm -hmm. from there you were able to. Do you construct like a budget to try to manage your money? Because it sounds like it was tight early on as you're trying to manage rent to your ma at, while you're also streaming. Probably needing the gear for that too. Yeah, I mean, going. my budget functionally was don't spend money on anything. That's a. <laughs> I respect that. Just like, okay, look, it's just like right now to live, I need rent money. I don't know if you had to pay your mom food. Just need to secure the means and I'm good. And I can slowly mm -hmm. build up the streaming. And you've done a nice job with that. Because now you're sitting there and the yep. conversation's changing. You're like, maybe I should get a house. Do it three years out. Do it. Yeah. I can actually buy things and make the stream look better and uh, make my room look better, have fancy purple lights in the background and all that. I mean, it looks nicer than mine. My, uh, my chat chews me out because I just have this green screen that I don't use behind me. I thought it was like 20 bucks on Amazon. They're like, is it a green wall? I'm like, no, it's a green screen. They're like, why don't I use it? I'm like, no, no, it's just going to be there. <laughs> void. I'm going to be in the green void. Uh, that's awesome. So I like this. And so how do you pick what you want to invest money into 
to your stream. Because I know if you're running this budget, you have to be like, okay, this is the time for the purple lights. This is the time for the audio upgrade. What's going through your mind of that? Well, recently I've been going on a bit of a spree Ooh. to uh to get the best quality that I can. I bought uh this this XLR mic and an XLR interface. Ooh. Uh, I don't know, a couple months ago, and that was like six hundred dollars. So you know that that was quite a bit, but. Audio is incredibly important. It's probably more uh -huh. important than video. Yes. Um, and hmm. then after that, I, I wanted to get a PS5 to, you know, play some video games. If I'm being uh -huh. honest, that was more of a me purchase than a stream purchase, but I can rationalize it as a stream purchase. Yep. I don't blame you. Is that what you're playing? <laughs> uh, you're playing God of War 5 on that, right? Yeah. No. I thought it was God of War 4, but... Four? Ah, whatever. God I don't know. I've never played any of the games. I just winged it on the yeah. number. Okay. <laughs> like I know the I know the premise, but I I don't know which one it is. I it was fine. Yeah. Clearly not confident. Not. Um so you upgrade your you upgrade I'm really your, not ready. Yeah, it's all good. It's a game. You got your PS5. Nice. So you, you, was this almost both quality of life improvement, stream improvement, also almost like a reward cuz you've come a long way from just being a full-time streamer going from like one viewer to 10 to where you are now, you can attract hundreds. You're in like, mm -hmm. you're in a small fraction. Like one, to be in the top 1% of Twitch, you need 50 viewers on average. That's a low number of viewers relative to when you start thinking about people who have hundreds or thousands. But you've yeah. done quite well. You know, do you ever find like satisfaction there? I guess so you, these purchases there, do you find you're, I guess you said you were satisfied, but not totally content moving forward. Trying to keep, or not complacent is the word. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I I like having cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, <laughs> fun that. time. Um, okay. mm -hmm. but I I don't use it as like a reward mechanism. Okay. I do my very best to make sure that I enjoy the day to day rather than trudge through it and reward myself when I perform well later. You know. Interesting. Okay. I mean, well, it makes I guess that makes sense. One of the benefits of being self-employed is it's not like working your nine to five grind trying to live for the weekend ideally you mm -hmm. get self-employed in something you like that you wake up and you enjoy every day how much how, how many hours per week do you think you're spending on streaming and the things behind the scenes as well like youtube content creation for example uh patreon etc twitter how long do you think it um, you? Mm -hmm. fortunately the the patreon is very well integrated into like my content creation because mm -hmm. I make uh, I, I do the Patreon obligations on stream and then I make a video out of that stream and then mm -hmm. that's pretty much all I got to do for the Patreon. So it's it's not a, a super big time commitment for me. Uh -huh. um, but recently I've been streaming like eight hours a day with around like two hours a day of video production. Nice. Every so day. That's like 70 hours a week. Solid. Yep. So 70 hours a week. Wow, it's a lot of good bit of work. Was, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Your machine. I respect it. I think I think the I think that is a good lesson for anyone who's listening in terms of the difference between I want to be a streamer because everybody wants to be a streamer. They're like, oh my gosh, I get to play video games on stream all day and talk with people and have a chat supporting me. It's wonderful. But then it's like, oh yeah, behind the scenes it's like two jobs. You want to do two full time jobs and make the sacrifices required to sustain that kind of a life. 
which is exactly why you have to like enjoy the day to day of it. Fortunately for me, I don't have a life outside of this, so mm -hmm. uh, it makes this this early investment quite easy. Yes, I think that's so key. So I remember, so when I started this, I do have friends, particularly work friends, but I had to realize that I just simply can't spend the amount of time I want to with these friendships if I want to do streaming. Doesn't mean they're not my friends, but I'm going to miss things that are going on in their lives. I'm not going to be there for that, but that is just the cost to even enter. In your case, you make it, or you're in a good position to really pop off because you're saying, okay, I don't have a really a lot of time coming outside of, I have a lot of time right now. I'm not in college. Maybe you don't have a, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of things I need to be working on. I can, I'm just going to put 70 hours in the stream, build out my own company, build out my own brand, and eventually, you know, keep expanding. I respect that. I respect that. So how did you end up playing Gwent so much? Because that seems to be the core game for your channel. You do other games, but um, Gwent is uh, the one where I see you pull hundreds of people in very quickly. Yeah, Gwent is without a doubt my main game. It's the only game I've played for probably like longer than a month on the stream. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, uh, it was a very calculated choice when I when I first chose what to do because, mm -hmm. like I said, when I was in my senior year of high school, it was it was March, so coming up on what two three months left of school. Uh huh. Uh, and I said okay. College is not going to work for me. I need to figure out something else. Mm -hmm. I need to make a Twitch stream and make it grow as fast as I can. Okay. I like it. Uh, and so I selected Gwent because it was, it was very primed for that. It's, it's a very good category to grow a channel in because it's recently not so much, but back then... Uh, it didn't have the most streamers, but it had a lot of like what what I call floating viewers. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of people that watch Gwent at that time frame. Yes. Versus it has viewers that watch that streamer. Yes. Which so, means growing is actually easy. It's so funny. I had the same judgment call this past December. Like I would have I had two different ideas before I got to streaming. Like a video game. I tried a financial stream, didn't take off. There's no discoverability out there. Or something new when it comes to streaming got a financial youtube channel i couldn't quite crack the formula but i started to look out at video games i just wanted another outlet while i was trying to balance the financial stream put a second possibility on the table and i saw mm -hmm. gwent and you look at the numbers gwent's a really great game for streamers there's just not a lot of streamers mm -hmm. and relative to what uh, the amount of viewers they get it, it's an unbelievable thing though i think part of it is the barrier to entry you mentioned that streaming doesn't have a barrier to entry, but Gwent has a hard barrier to entry, which is you have to buy the cards. It is a lot less forgiving than queuing up Fortnite. So, yeah. I, do you think that, I, in my experience, I think it was one of the, I was a closed, one of the people who played during closed beta, so I had a ton of scraps, I had pretty much every card. <clears throat> so as a result, it was just like, oh, here's a game where my barrier to entry is like zero. Everybody else is really high. It, this is why the category is prime for streamers. And I think that's why I started. And that's one of the reasons I started really going hard at it and why I feel like there is. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, that might be <laughs> that might be the reason why the, the Twitch environment is the way that it is. But mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not really sure. I, I just know that the game itself leads to uh, lots of people that are interested in the game rather mm -hmm. than interested in an individual streamer. 
Yes, I think there's. Yeah, so I would agree. I also think that by having not a lot of streamers and like, so I look, look at English as the main language. There's like 10 at a time. If you get mm -hmm. bored of the first nine, if you're a new streamer, hey, guess what? You only have 10 options and you're bored of nine that you've seen before. Got the new one. Also, uh, we got a raid right now from Specimen Gwent. Specimen Gwent, I appreciate the raid. Thank you so much, Specy. The absolute geezer. <laughs> uh huh. I can't believe this guy. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate it. So, you start streaming Gwent uh, and you go full time at it because you look at the analytics. And from there. Oh. No? You don't look I, at the analytics? I did not look at the analytics. Ooh. I said college is dumb. No, no, no. So <laughs> I need like, to go do something else. So why, how did you know? Oh, okay. Yeah, I see yeah. what you're saying. Oh, no, I'm not talking about the analytics. I'm talking mm -hmm. about the Gwen. Did you? I'm like, for me, I pulled up Sully Gnome and started looking. I don't know what you did. Or how did you figure out Gwent was such a great game? Like, I know you recognize that people are floating from stream to stream, so you had a higher chance of getting free publicity and capturing viewers. But how did you identify it? Mm -hmm. I looked at numbers on Sully personally. I didn't go to Sully Gnome because I didn't know Sully Gnome existed at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, I just went to the, the Twitch directory and I saw that it had about five mm -hmm. to 10 streamers at this given time frame. Mm -hmm. uh, it has significantly, uh, a significantly higher viewer or sorry, follower of the category mm -hmm. to viewer ratio, which means there's a lot of interest in the category, but not a lot of, um, not a lot of like individually dedicated viewers to the various different streams and it, uh -huh. it fell right in that like sweet spot of growing a stream where it's like in between like max 3k concurrent viewers and then like minimum mm -hmm. a couple hundred yes no it sounds like you did your legwork i think that's exactly when i was looking at analytics basically the exact same thing showing up not a lot of streamers surprising amount of viewers relative to what exists and that mm -hmm. means it's right for opportunity uh, so I yeah, so you start exactly. perfect. So you start streaming Gwent, and I want to. When did you get into the YouTube side of things? Because you have one of the most successful Gwent YouTube channels there is, uh, just by subscriber what? count. Uh, it's not that's wholesome. Uh, <laughs> thank you, man. <laughs> you're welcome. No, it's it's not even a. You can say it's wholesome or not. It's just like facts. Like, uh, it's just like saying the sky is blue. You you have a ton of subs. <laughs> uh, it is. It's not. It's I'm just saying. It's just saying. It's a numbers game, and by number, you are one of the largest. You know, you should feel great about that. You worked hard on it. Uh, all your thumbnails. Sure. And okay. then, like, where it's now where it becomes opinion is it's obviously, uh, obviously, work really hard on the thumbnails and the different your content stream and what you do on the channel is very different. You have the viewer battles. I mentioned the Patreon stuff, our viewer game, our viewer game reviews um, mm -hmm. from the Patreon. Then, of course, do you play other people's decks? Like, you played a Freddy Babe's Royal Guard deck recently. And then, of course, you put out your own stuff, as, uh, your own deck ideas as well. So you do a lot of different things. You deserve that praise. Uh, so how did, when did you start building out this YouTube community? Because it's definitely paid off. Um, it wasn't when I started the Twitch stream. Okay. I don't remember exactly when it was, but it was like six months to a year after. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, quite a bit later. Yeah, a little bit. And it's uh, kind of caught up since then. Yes. Uh, and it has that, was that a good decision to start it later? Was it a good, do you regret not starting it earlier? Would you like to push it off even further? Like, uh, I don't regret it. Like, obviously, it would have been good to start it earlier. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I would have learned the, 
early lessons faster, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't regret it. I, I don't think I wasted the, the early days. I think I had other lessons to learn. Nice. What were some of the lessons that you feel like for somebody starting out either on YouTube or even Twitch? Cause you had those earlier lessons. What are some of those lessons that are coming to your mind right now that you had to learn? Uh, it, so before I even started streaming, I was like a relatively headstrong person. Okay. Uh, really, really like doing things my own way. And Mm -hmm. even, even when I was already very headstrong, I still found myself feeling incredibly self-conscious. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was sitting in a room talking to myself with, with nobody there. And so, you know, there's, yeah. uh, there's a lesson about like, gotta trust yourself. If you, if you aren't trusting yourself, nobody else is going to trust you. You gotta, you gotta get that shit started, mm-hmm. uh, build it and they will come. I respect That's that. That's probably the first most important lesson that I had to learn. I like that. I think a lot of new streamers in particular struggle with that. When they sit there, they realize it's them and maybe a parent or a friend watching them on the background and they just have to keep talking because the moment if, mm-hmm. if you're just sitting there i feel like some people are sitting there they they grab their controllers and they're like staring yeah. at the you know staring at the game do that. and they're waiting for someone in the chat to say hello but no you gotta you gotta be you gotta be the first person to trust yourself you gotta say look i'm gonna make great content just by streaming right now and people will find me and get stuck and they'll stay with me so i i respect that any any other key mm-hmm. lessons, especially early on, that you think are worth sharing? Completely agree. Oh, I mean, like uh, at that point, essentially every day was a lesson. None of them were like big life changing, stream altering kind of ideas. But you know, it's 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 these little things that um, cause the content to get worse. You know, a, a little message in the chat that can sometimes piss you off. Figuring out a better way to deal with it that way it doesn't cause the the content to degrade and you know things like that yeah lots of a lot of little situations teach you a lesson starts building up in a, in a sense building this uh value offer like okay i can handle all these little annoying situations early on build it out now i can handle on a bigger and bigger level what are so you mentioned you don't want to be complacent you're going towards the future you have ambition i respect that i'm confident you're going to make it too what are some of the challenges that you're facing right now that you're trying to overcome? Uh, well, recently, uh, I've actually got a pretty good example. Again, you know, it's, it's another one of these small lessons. It's not this life-altering, stream-changing mm-hmm. kind of lessons. But uh, in, I was playing God of War, not yesterday, mm-hmm. but two days ago, queued up against uh, one of these bosses, which slight god of war spoilers if you don't want to hear them by the way uh these bosses are called magni and modi and i I just thought they were the most abysmally designed piece of dog shit bosses in the whole game and it it really annoyed me (laughs) it annoyed the fuck out of me and then at the end of it i was frustrated i got some messages in the chat that kind of annoyed me as well and it just it just led to the it led to degrading the content and so um recently changes i've been trying to implement is instead of um getting like defeated by something that is is annoying you it's it's more important to just keep the the energy up not even mm-hmm. not even the positivity the positivity doesn't matter it's it's about keeping the energy up yep um because i i found myself like literally sitting there in anger 
trying to beat this fucking boss and I couldn't do it. <laughs> and it was a terrible stream. Um, okay. And I just wish I was sitting there screaming instead because that would have been so much better. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. I think it's a great lesson. The idea of like, okay, if number one goal is content and to grow, the game comes second. I can't just fume in silence. And I... No, I think I think everyone goes through that, and I don't think. Unfortunately, the worst part is I don't think it ever it can't ever go away. But yesterday, I kept running into Nilfgaard cloggers, game in and game like back to back to back, and I'm sitting there like, oh my god, I hate like do I have a purify and heat wave? I win. Do I not? I lose, and it just fumed me. It just angered me. But that makes perfect sense that you you I think you're 100 percent right. Got to keep the energy up. Have to know that at the end of the day, the game is in a sense less important than the viewers, the chat. Uh, what you can make for YouTube later on like that comes first because you want to make sure enjoy giving enjoyment to everybody is the purpose and so your own anger can't destroy that you have to put you have to prioritize then of course after the stream you can go yell well you could also yell on stream be it'd be better than fuming or maybe in for, yeah. some, for some streamers yelling is the content I suppose uh, yeah like getting you Ill. know after after mm -hmm. the stream go on a walk and you know unpiss yourself off and yeah, I respect that. I respect that. I like it. I like it. Keep your soul staying. Nice. So do you think that there's a difference between what you have to make in terms of content for YouTube versus Twitch? You have, it seems to be all very interwoven right now. Mm -hmm. But do you, do you, or do you ever plan your Twitch content around YouTube? Uh, I pretty much plan all of my Twitch content around YouTube, but I, I think mm -hmm. I make both of them work for the various formats well enough. Mm -hmm. Um. I had I had Mr. Obla making fun of me for my very unedited videos <laughs> because Mr. Obla he's he's a, a pretty talented like film film student yeah, film creator. Yep, hundred percent. We had um, him on the show. He's our first guest actually. Oh, nice. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, his his gets kill me. I'm like, oh god, I can't do that. <laughs> Carry on. Tell me more. Tell yeah. Me more. He he makes these amazing skits, and he was like. Bro, I spend like four hours on these opening skits and you spend 10 minutes putting in two cuts in your YouTube videos. Like, what the fuck, man? Come on. <laughs> well, come, uh, come, come sub to Abla's YouTube, not Bushy. This, this is bullshit, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, uh -huh. the, the reason why I think I can get away with that mm -hmm. is because I very intentionally plan the streams around making the YouTube videos. You know, I yep. I structure them to save that time because YouTube is very much a, a, a time game. You know, it's it's mm -hmm. about keeping the energy up, keeping the octane high and keeping the content flowing. If there's downtime, if there's moments where you aren't saying anything, YouTube isn't happy. Yep. Um, whereas on Twitch, it's mm -hmm. expected. You have to. So it's all about just making sure that you're making... The parts that are going to be in the video actually mm -hmm. entertaining and then taking the downtime in between so in between the games or uh before you do the the patron analysis or after mm -hmm. and then while you're while you're on you know while you're doing the thing that needs to go in the video you you got to keep that youtube voice on yep no it makes a lot of sense where you're just saying look i YouTube is a game of just energy. I got to, and it's going to be permanent. And the moment I'm done with the stream, if it's a good YouTube video, I'll permanently sit there, always be high energy. Take the low time when I need it, when it's not content for YouTube, high energy, make sure I'm on because I want to take that, clip it, do my cuts, pop it on YouTube, and move on from there. Respect that. 
Uh, so that, okay. So that's how you're bouncing YouTube and Twitch. Is Patreon a big focus for you? I know you have a, you have a good chunk of, uh, patrons that do the reward where you review their games. Um, um mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's, they're, they're obviously a focus, but fortunately for me, because of the way I've integrated it, it's, it, it doesn't necessarily like feel like Patreon itself is the focus because, mm -hmm. uh, I, like I said, I can make a, a Twitch stream out of it. I can make a YouTube video out of it mm -hmm. and do the Patreon um, obligations all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Have you thought about ever expanding it? Because I know you actually do something really unique with your Patreon that I haven't seen done really before. You have one tier. You have just, mm -hmm. this is it. If you want to be my patron, that's it. Uh, most people break them down. What made that yeah. choice come about? uh lack of confidence <laughs> oh. to, uh, i i do plan on expanding it because it's turned out to be more um successful than i thought it would be mm -hmm. but i i wanted to make a patreon tier that was one dollar and uh -huh. then patreon was like that's not gonna work you literally aren't gonna make money i was like oh okay i guess i have to do three dollars and then first month it was like oh there's like 40 people that are interested in this. I, this is definitely not what I expected at all whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of gotten to the point where uh, I'm, I'm getting so many submissions that uh, I, I probably am going to have to try to artificially cut down on it somehow, some way. Nice. Okay. So it sounds like you have a plan for that. And it is, as you mentioned, really closely integrated with your entire content stream. So it doesn't take up too, too much time. It's just another gear in the system that keeps going. Uh, so let me exactly. take a look at the notes. Do you think you're going to continue to stay in Gwent a long time? I know you recently redid your other channel into more of a other game VOD channel. Do you think you want to expand that way if other different games are still really focused on Gwent over the next couple of years? Uh, I would absolutely love to make my channel be uh, financially viable and variety. Mm, I respect <laughs> Which that. Mm -hmm. I can't. I can't do at the moment, but I would, that's, that's certainly a goal that I, I would like to, like to reach. So I don't, I don't think I'm going to be quitting Gwent anytime soon. And fortunately, Gwent has, uh, there, there, there was a real rough patch there for, mm -hmm. I don't know, like the last six months or so. Be it, it's been kind of, kind of stinky, yeah. but it's, it's really improved a lot, specifically mm -hmm. with this patch. The one before it, and I think the one before that as well. We're all pretty decent. Yeah, I think it was the not the patch where they nerfed tunnel drill by one provision, but the one after that, the game just got better significantly. There's more diversity, there more interesting decks running about. Now we have the new card dump. But when it was when they published Vi, I looked at it and played against the deck, and I was like, please just hot fix this. This is the most solitaire like game I've ever seen. I don't care if it's not the permanent fix. Hot fix it with one provision or two provision and figure it out because this is not how Gwent was meant to be played. I still think a card should be reworked, but oh, that, that period that was so miserable. It was so miserable. Lippy, where it's like, oh, I get to, these are my personal grudges. I don't know if these are your grudges, but it's coming out of me. I'm still scarred from it. I still have a little bit of trauma from it all. Lippy, playing Heatwave twice, playing COC twice, and just playing a million points. It's like, why am I even here? I can't interact with you. You're not spending everything. You just play the card and do it all again. <sighs> terrible, terrible times. Uh... Yeah, the the meta state certainly wasn't wasn't very spicy for quite some time, and mm. uh, I I 
think it's making a return to form. If I'm being honest, about yep. six months ago, I stopped trying to take the game competitively because the game direction just looked to be going mm -hmm. in a very non-competitive way. Mm -hmm. uh, and and it, it was annoying me when I was trying to play a competitively and the, the game just wasn't allowing for it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I just said, okay, I'm going to go play a bunch of memes. And fortunately, that made the... the Twitch channel do well, you know, I'm, I'm happy about that decision, but no, it seems like it's, it's maybe returning to a point where, uh, it, mm -hmm. it could be a good idea to competitively play it. I don't know if I will, but it seems like an option. Nice. Now I respect that for me. I, I didn't, uh, because the meta was so bad. I never considered competitive play and just found my niche playing meme decks. I'm like, you know what? I might not like playing Vi, but I do like milling Vi, and I will be very satisfied <laughs> if I lose nine games, but what one win is a our Vi getting milled right off the top, and some guy with net deck sitting there being like, oh, this isn't going to work anymore. Oh, feels good. Uh, but I feel that. So let's see. And you sounds like you're, are you currently enjoying the new cards, the new patch and all of that that just came out? Finding it spicy? Uh, the balance is not there uh -huh. <laughs> but uh as far as design goes sure yeah i i think mm -hmm. uh i think it's a good expansion overall i we don't ever really expect balance out of the the releases to be honest i agree i think it'd be it'd be if everything was balanced i'd be shocked uh and there's some obvious cards that stand out as eh, maybe a provision more here a point or two less there but mm -hmm. so you can fix that right then the thing about gwen i think it's really intelligent in their design skeptical when provisions first came out but now it's just such a good tool of oh this unit's too strong well let me drop a point here up a provision there and oh look it bounced all of a sudden Ta-da! like a magic trick but i uh, know this next month will be volatile until some when somebody figures out what the meta deck is it's going to define everything and next patch will be pulling everything and diversifying up again yeah, hopefully. Like, obviously, this meta isn't solved. It it might turn into some some binary shit fest, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I hope not. Monsters has put up a good fight for trying to keep diversity alive. Last meta, there was one mm -hmm. by who I hate, but Kelly was there. Rakaswarm was there. I'm like, okay, this, this here's a faction that at least has multiple viable strategies. Uh, they're all very different, play very different from each other, and yet somehow mm -hmm. all three of these not only competitive, but not even the top tier different faction has that. And Pirates Cove respected that. Yeah. Uh, do you want to die? I have a topic I want to bring up and ask you about because you tweeted about it. And it is more okay. like how we talked about the U.S. college education system. But you had a really, you retweeted an interesting thing about online privacy where somebody was starting to get, to, was it toothpaste advertisements based on their mm -hmm. mom using it? So tell me about that uh, in form, uh, if you want to talk about that, that is. Uh, I mean... I, I certainly don't care about this nearly as much as as the other topics we've talked about today, but we can skip it then. I'm, I just I thought it was know. wild. Uh huh. No, it is super super weird. So basically, it was just mom. It was mom switches to face brands, and then their son was getting bombarded for ads for that new brand. Yeah, because like every bit of data that your phone can access, it it, it will. And they don't even need to like access your camera in order to mm -hmm. figure it out. You know, lots lots of people immediately get paranoid that like people are like looking through your your phone's camera and and figuring out all that they need to about you. But 
they don't even need to to figure that out they can take a look at your gps info see that mm -hmm. you're in close proximity to this person every day take a look at the information on that person and say okay they like this product so we'll advertise yeah. them we'll advertise person one person two's product to make person one have a conversation with person person two about said product uh -huh. and uh that'll lead to Sales. theoretically higher conversion rate so here's something you can add if, if uh if this is not a topic you're ultra passionate about here's something you can add that i think you'll like which is the origin story of how this came about uh, i was listening to an npr podcast where they found the guy who originated the like button effectively it originally was called like this hate this where email was just invented this guy was getting hundreds of them he was in a highly innovative like uh incubator of sorts their job was just to solve things on the internet and so he wanted mm -hmm. to have an algorithm react to the emails based on his likes and dislikes and sort them out basically. But then they eventually applied the next layer, which is where everything changed, which is based on your colleagues and their likes and dislikes, the algorithm can improve your likes and dislikes and basically what it showed you. So to sort email, okay. they basically said, oh, who are your colleagues? Oh, we get that they all typically like sports stuff and they typically dislike fashion things. Let me make sure when you're getting emails that the fashion ones get destroyed, but the sports stuff are always in your face because you like that based on who you like. But they'll just, not only is that kind of creepy, but it gets worse because if you take this to a logical extreme and we'll slowly move in this direction, let's imagine the, uh, let's say, in, let's, let's, let's bring down the example and just use you as an example. Let's say your mom switches toothpaste and then, uh, you start getting bombarded of ads and you switch your toothpaste. You decide to switch. Now, mm -hmm. for any of both of your colleagues, like people you both know, well, well the, now the algorithm says, wow, everybody that knows your ma and Bushy, they, they must really be a good target for more toothpaste ads. Because they can, if they run in the Bushy or your ma, they are going to might have that conversation. And what happens is the recommendation system almost spreads out like an infection where it starts yeah. homogenizing everyone's recommendations because based on their proximity people, the people close to them, they say, oh, these people all like this. You must like this. And then if you switch, you're now one more voice telling all the other proximity people to switch and vice versa. And it keeps or not vice versa, but it keeps going and compounding until what started out as a really interesting system uh, of recommendations starts to become everyone getting recommended the same thing. And now it's the toothpaste Rona. Toothpaste Rona. But yeah, so I think it is a interesting problem in the long run. And we'll see where it goes in the, it goes to a logical extreme. So let me ask you another question. You seem to be a financially, unless you have any comments on that. I'm, all right. Cool. Nope. Not really. No problem. <laughs> I, I retreated it because I thought it was wild and that's about it. Cool. So do you have any other things besides the U.S. college education system you're particularly passionate about? Um, like an issue. You said you had to start. You're a very opinionated person. Or is college... Well, the... Did I? I? I thought I said I was very opinionated about the, the U.S. college system. Ah, so just specifically... I, I thought I was going to ruffle some feathers. Ah, okay. I see what you're saying. No worries. And let me ask you a different question then. Uh, so you okay. have the full-time streamer in the long run. That is the foreseeable goal, correct? Mm -hmm. um, what are some steps you're going to take to potentially grow further 
to keep going on that exponential growth, ideally. Uh, do continue. I don't know. What are your plans in the long run to grow your channel? I guess that's all I'm trying to ask. Keep it simple. Uh, okay. Well, um, I think it's kind of gotten to the point where if Gwent isn't growing, my channel probably isn't going to grow very much more. Okay. That could change. Um, like obviously Gwent can grow. Gwent has been growing recently. I don't know how sustainable that Gwent growth is, but you know, obviously we'll, mm -hmm. we'll, uh, we'll end up seeing, um, and obviously hypothetically if the game just becomes the biggest on twitch for some reason obviously yep, yep i'm but... sitting sitting pretty pretty uh-huh <laughs> yes but i don't see that happening if i'm being honest mm -hmm. um and so you know it's it's about making the channel more focused on variety more able to uh play other games and attract other interests from mm -hmm. other other people right because yep. i'm kind of hanging out in this in this gwent sphere where realistically nobody's gonna click into the stream if they don't really know what what gwent is right yes um and that's a little bit less than ideal at this point in my twitch's uh twitch channel's lifespan mm -hmm. no it makes sense that makes sense would you ever consider not video game content for streaming then just chatting is pretty popular uh yeah i mean it is uh i don't i don't think i would I mean, I've utilized the category to, like, go cook some food on stream, to go eat food and watch some videos on stream, but I don't... I, I, I struggle with making, like, actual content in the category rather than just using it as, like, a, a transition tool. Mm -hmm. Mostly because, like I said, I, I don't really have a life outside of streaming, so, you know, going to get some homies to come hang out on the stream with me and have uh have a cool conversation Harder. or go uh go collaborate with people or, or something like that that doesn't tend to be my my strong suit okay. um so the category doesn't work super great for me that makes sense that makes sense so you focus on something that's obviously a passion as you mentioned earlier buy yourself a ps5 more personal thing you just love playing video games even if you're off mm -hmm. stream you might want to say ah you know i'm gonna queue up this game or that game uh, do you ever play Gwent when you're off stream? I don't know. I always, I always run in the burnout. I always avoid Gwent off stream, but. Uh, I haven't in quite a few months. The last time I did was when I ended up getting sick from mm -hmm. trying to get top 64 to qualify for a tournament. Ooh. Uh, and I ended up playing on my phone for way too much time mm -hmm. to actually end up getting that top 64. Ouch. I'm, that stinks. Do you think you're, you mentioned potentially going for competitive again. Have you, do you have a long history trying to play competitive Gwent? Like what's your greatest competitive achievement? Uh, I've never qualified for any of like the, the actual Gwent Masters events. Mm -hmm. I got, I've gotten to a couple qualifiers, just didn't mm -hmm. perform really well in them. Um, but there was a streak of TLG's invitationals or they, mm -hmm. they weren't called invitationals at the time, but it, it was their first set of tournaments where I, mm -hmm. I think I won the first two. Nice. Um, against Paja, actually. Ooh, so, you know, I'm name. secretly better than the Gwent World Master. Makes sense. Makes sense. Math checks out. Facts. Uh, I like it. I like it. So are you, I know you're part of TLG. Do you, do, do you work closely with the people there or how does that relationship work? Because you're under their brand, if I recall. 
Yep. I mean, it's, uh, it, I mean, there's, there's not much obligations either way there. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's more of a, Hey, you want to be, you want to be a part of the community, Mr. Bushenko? And I say, yes, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to utilize the, uh, the help of the other TLG members to hopefully prep for, for tournaments. If I'm going to be competitive, I haven't really, mm-hmm. uh, utilized it recently because, you know, I haven't mm-hmm. been competitive. So I've been a little bit disconnected if I'm being honest, but, mm-hmm. but it's there the relationship isn't, isn't super binding one way or another, right? Yeah. No, I mean, it sounds like it's a casual one. If it works for you and says, Hey, if I'm ready to, you know, prep under TLG is some of the best players in Gwent might as well say, Hey, yeah, I'll get mm-hmm. access to them. I'll, you know, I'll be their practice partner for a bit, grow myself, take down a, you know, qualify tops are right, 64, one of these splits. Mm-hmm. So let me, what was that last question? Oh, do you have any content creators you in particular admire or try to, you want to live up to in the long run? Like content creators that try to emulate? Yes. Um, a few, quite a few actually. Um, with my patron viewer analysis, mm-hmm. I got a decent portion of that idea from Gotham Chess, Levy Rosman, mm-hmm. who goes over his viewers' submitted games and makes fun of them pretty much. <laughs> uh, and I, I thought those videos are really funny. And I was like, I want to do that. Let's go do that for Gwent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've been watching like Ludwig a whole lot recently. To be honest, yeah. I don't think I'm emulating much of him. Maybe no, maybe some more of like the comedy aspects uh-huh. um, of his stream. But uh, Ludwig's he's, hard to emulate. Yeah, he's, he's a very charismatic guy. I'm so naturally to him. I look at him like, oh, he's so good. Ah, uh, but yeah, that, uh, I just and the hair too, and the hair, the hair just tilts me. I'm like, come on, man, you got charisma and the hair, the full package. <laughs> like, come on, can it can it be bad one of these days? But anyways, personal, personal grudge, personal grudge. Uh, <laughs> uh, respect that. So you you have you have a couple names that you look at and you're like, what can I take from them? What can yeah. I learn? There, there's more that I'm not remembering right now, but uh, those were the ones that came to the top of my head. Nice, nice. Okay, it makes a lot of sense. So, okay. I, I mean, I gotta say, one of the, is there is there any area I'm missing right now? Asking you about, because I I confess, you, we've I've purged my notes. We've gone through every little detail I could find about you on my notes. Am I missing something big here, Bushy? Uh, not as far as I I can remember. I would think I know myself pretty well. Well, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, we go all philosophical for a bit. Do you really know yourself? I don't think we're going to, unless you want to go down that, uh, that uh, journey with me, seek enlightenment. I think uh, you probably, I think it's safe to say you know yourself well. All right. Then in that case, why don't we move on to viewer questions? Uh, guys, sure. I, I see my mods have been spamming it, uh, the questions here. Now let me see if I'm able to access the questions. But guys, this is your chance. Spam away. And let's see. And uh, Bushy, if you have any questions here or things you want to tell the viewers and yell at them about, now is the time. Or now is a good time to do it. Oh, I'm given the opportunity to yell at the stream, and I, yeah. I don't want to. This okay. must be a first. I know, right? Absolutely has to be a first. Uh, uh, you guys, uh, for, for real though, you guys have been great. Uh, I saw maybe one comment that seemed a bit unaware, but I won't call him out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it's generous of you. It's generous of you. Now we have to figure out how to access the question. Uh, give me a moment. Let's see if I can just do it. Ah, oh, I remember how I had this done last time. I did it off my phone so I didn't disrupt the stream. Normally, that's like, oh, I might as well just message the link for your Discord. It's like, well, I'm using Discord. But all right, mods, if you have the link to the answers, of course they do. If you have the link to the answers, can you, or the questions, can you put it into the, here we are. Never mind, I found it, guys. Let's do it. Uh, let's see. Gonna go on the list. Bushy, the commentary panel you organized during World Masters was hilarious. Do you plan on making them a regular uh, thing or one-time event? Uh, yes, uh, that, that was amazing. That was a that was a, a beautiful brainchild, and I'm in love with the idea. I plan on doing those for every single event for the rest of forever. Awesome. Well, I think the given that the person liked it so much, I think they're going to be pleased. Uh, ooh, here's one on uh, burnout. How do you keep yourself motivated to work all the time and keep away from burnout? Uh, I have burnt out in the past, so mm -hmm. I'm certainly not like I don't have a flawless track record at it. Mm -hmm. Um, but the important part that I found is, um, kind of similar. I, I, I referenced this, referenced this study on my stream, uh, a, a while ago where it said, uh, essentially the people that you think have very strong willpower mm -hmm. actually just do their very best to not utilize their willpower. So mm. they set an alarm and put it all the way across the room so that they don't have to force themselves to get out of bed. You know, mm -hmm. they... They structure their life in a way that makes them do the desired behavior rather than making themselves choose to do that desired behavior at the time that they need to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you do that, it means you, you have this extra like bank of willpower left over that you can, you can use for, you know, when, when life does its thing and, and fucks you over. Right. Yeah. When, uh, when you got a, when you got a bad day and you need that willpower to push through, you have that extra willpower available to you when you don't use it for the simple things every day, like getting out of bed. Um, and it's, it's the same sort of idea with this burnout kind of thing. You know, you, you need to structure it in a way that you, um, you enjoy your day to day, you enjoy the process of doing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if you do, and you aren't making yourself do something that you don't want to be doing, mm -hmm. uh, then, Theoretically, you, you shouldn't burn out. Yes, and I think theoretically is the right word where eventually, even if you love what you do, if you're, you know, you're putting in 70-hour weeks, eventually your mind says, you know what? I, I need a day off. I need a break for a hot second. Uh, and at least that sure. happens to me. I will say one thing I really liked uh, in your answer, though, is the willpower bank, that idea that here's your bank of willpower, that's it. And the alarm example makes a lot of sense. Like, you have to shut off your alarm. It's across the room. It's glaring at you. It's yelling. You can't just snooze or anything. Do like, snooze button is not an available option if it's on the other side of the room. Um, for right. viewers, the other thing I was thinking of would add is if you're struggling with willpower, another way that helps a lot is routine. Like, if someone hates brushing their teeth and every day they're trying to decide if they should brush their teeth, that's using willpower and thought process and energy. If it's part of your routine, you say, I shower, I brush my teeth, I shave. That, and you do it every day without thought, there's no willpower involved. It's just what you do. So if you're able mm -hmm. to build in routines into your life that say, I do this, 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 in order every time at this time, then you're not spending thought, energy, or any willpower doing it. You just say, that must be done. I will get it done. I think it's another way to conserve willpower, in my experience. 
Yeah, for sure. Like, obviously, routine routine is another way, similar to setting the alarm across the room to make sure that you don't actually have to make yourself do something. You just do it. Yeah, completely agree. That's a good question. I like that one. Uh, when will Bushy compete in Gwent, or Gwent for Masters? That, mm. uh, I have a feeling you're going to be doing more commentary from the sounds of it. Uh, I don't know. It could go either way. <laughs> um, but yeah, if, you're, if you're... I qualified for a, an event and I didn't have to, and I couldn't, couldn't run my ridiculous degenerate commentary stream, I, I probably wouldn't be super happy about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. Sounds like it was incredible. I'll have to make sure I attend the next one. Uh, I, only caught, I, I, I was a, a fool who did not watch too much of Gwen Masters, and I realized in retrospect that caught near the end, caught the finals and such, I made a terrible mistake. Uh, it sounds yeah. awesome. It was a very good event. It was really cool. Really cool. I'm not, I think I'm more interested in the Gwen esports than ever before. Mm -hmm. So I have a question I have to ask you on behalf of my channel. It's listed here in the document. I really don't want to ask this question, guys. You're going to make me ask this question. So my chat and I had an argument, and I need to get your input on it. Okay. Which is better, beans or potatoes? Uh, potatoes. Uh, all my chat says potatoes. I was the only one that went for beans. All was the only one that went for beans, and they're thinking I'm a degenerate. <laughs> hey, there's just so much more you can do with potatoes. Don't get me wrong. I like beans. You know, when uh, when I was trying to live off of, mm -hmm. you know, literally no money, yep. I take a can of beans, toss that shit in the microwave, that's dinner. I respect that. You know, uh -huh. outside of the aluminum can, because don't do that. That's dumb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not, it's not my, the cans are not microwavable. If you take one thing away from this podcast, this podcast interview thing, it does a lot of, we do a lot of things with this video, but don't microwave cans of beans. Good. See, exactly what the people need to hear that's uh, that's my daily dose of wisdom awesome so next question we covered half of it so i'm going to rephrase it do you think the smaller card releases are better or worse for the game so instead of doing this huge quarterly or half year expansion spreading them out every two year, or two months hard to say we haven't really seen the full ramifications yet but my first impressions say much better mm-hmm no, I think I agree. A lot more interest, a lot, a lot of people paying attention to the game. If we keep seeing these spikes every two months in viewership, because my Gwen's going quickly from like a 2K game to a 3 to 4K game. Uh, all these people returning from Gwent Masters, playing with new cards. It, mm, it's good stuff. And as you mentioned, you're well positioned to benefit from it all. Get some new viewers. Uh, time yeah, for I mean, mm -hmm. the tide that raises all boats, right? Exactly. I'm all about Gwent becoming a big game. It's a great game. Quite, I'm quite addicted to it. I like it. I don't think I miss. I'm going to miss the. Yeah. The, the round system is just so good. The idea of being able to try to win a round by spending as little as possible. And then if I win that round, I get to choose whether I try to lead my opponent or just get make sure I get to save the final, you know, last save. Oh, so good. Mm -hmm. I, I just never want that to go away. Uh, I guess final yeah, question. It's. Uh, it's very inherently good design. Excellent. Speaking of it design, just can be fucked up. <laughs> yes, that's very, very true. There, and there are some games that struggle with design, like Magic: The Gathering land system is great. Uh, but then, mm -hmm. 
you look at something like uh, versus the simplicity and straightforwardness, something like Hearthstone stands out in my opinion as a potential. Something maybe some more complicated, but stands out as better design. But Gwen's uh, design of you can play whatever you want now immediately. I love that. Having mm. ten cards, having ten choices is mm, it's good. Uh yeah. Speaking of design, there was one card one person wanted to ask you about called Siri Dash. What is your opinion on Siri Dash? Feel that too. I hate Siri Dash. Did it. Hate it so much. <laughs> when you see it come down behind the cave troll and you don't have an answer to it, it's just it's over. It just hurts so much. You fall behind so quickly. Or yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's been a real rarity when we've seen playable card advantage cards that didn't break the game in some way or another. Uh huh, hundred percent. And <laughs> yeah, I hate that card. And I see cave troll that or play it first, immediate pop a crystal skull, and I'm like, just not and do anything unless they have a tall removal. For tall removal. We play it out, but then of course it's Kelly coming down around three, and then I want to save it. Mess, just a mess. Awesome. Yeah, there was uh, mm -hmm. there was a clip on my Twitch channel where I got very angry at this Siri Dash, uh, <laughs> okay. and just ended up incoherently screaming about it. Mm -hmm. uh, at, as you do, right? Uh, yep. 100%. Obviously normal behavior. I mean, Siri anyway, Dash that guy deserves it. Mm -hmm. That got copy pasted into slama and burza's dev stream and it, it it was just like this most ridiculous thing that slama ended up reading something like wow. yep cock siri dash is okay yep cock siri dash breaks the gate and got slammer to just keep saying yep cock because it was getting busted. <laughs> that's awesome i was like wow that card's really specific but man it is a card that has a lot of hate but yep that explains the story behind it makes sense makes sense and that is amazing. All right. I'm going to do one quick refresh for any other questions. Give me one second. The moment. Okay. That's not it. And that's it. All right. Well, in that case, first, let me go ahead and plug uh, your socials in the chat. I have, a, I have a command for that in a bushy command. Uh, guys, oh, nice. yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty fancy. It's in a, you know, these days that's, that's a, that's peak quality. Uh, but guys, if you have not checked out Bushy's YouTube and Twitter, they are popping places. I have a feeling you have given how unbelievably amazing he is, but if you haven't links in the chat and, uh, Bushy, let me go ahead and say, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. I hope you had a great time. I know I really enjoyed learning more about you chatting about us college, chatting about Gwen, chatting about Siri dash and so many more things. Uh, do you have any mm -hmm. final things you want to say before I wrap up? I think I'm good. Thanks for having me. Hey, appreciate it. Take care, Bushy.